Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. On the Dr. Pepper call-in line, we're asking, what team will Sean Payton be coaching in 2022? That's next season. Cowboys, Saints, or other? Uh, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max here on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, your smart speakers, your podcast. Uh, Let's continue the conversation uh, on Sean Payton, guys. The Saints have lost four straight, and they play the Cowboys, so it could be five straight. And Key says earlier in the show, it smells like Sean Payton's going to leave at the end of the year. You have to understand, if I hear... You know, Key talk about something like that, or Jay talk about something like that in their in the worlds that they know very, very well. That's not just like some guy saying it. Even if they haven't heard it from the horse's mouth, they're they're seeing things all over the place and putting two and two together. They're privy to information and interactions that the rest of us are not. So Mina Kimes then said that Russell Wilson should start to get some of the blame in Seattle. And we know that Wilson had the Saints on his list of teams that he'd be willing to be traded to because his agent put his name on it and put it in the media last year, right? Or in the offseason. Here are the four teams we take a trade to. Was it because of Sean Payton? What if Payton leaves? Could the Giants pursue a package for a package deal for Russell Wilson and Sean Payton at the end of the season? Oh, so much to get into here. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Will. Key, what do you think about all this? A package to the Giants. Will the Giants organization go out and get a free agent splash at the quarterback spot? I've never known them. To, it seemed like every quarterback that they've ever had, they drafted. Right? Did they ever go out there and sign anybody? Kerry Collins? Yeah, Collins. Kerry Kurt, Collins. Kurt Warner was a tackling yeah, dummy while, a, while they yeah, were getting was, Eli say, ready. Yeah. That wasn't up a tackling dummy. Yeah. Who eventually went to Arizona? Kerry Collins counts. Kerry Collins Kerry is Collins a pretty big counts. name. Yep. Yeah, but that's really, yeah. I guess they could do it. They did the Kerry Collins deal. Did Sean Payton want to, you know, if 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 he were to leave New Orleans, is the Giants a better spot than the Dallas Cowboys? The difference is, is what I would say. He will not get control of the Dallas Cowboys, he would get control of the roster for the New York Giants. Because if he told Jerry, you got to stay over there, Jerry and them ain't going to do that. They're not going to do it. But the Giants, because of the general manager situation, he can put his general manager in place with the Giants, much like Kyle Shanahan did with John Lynch in the 49ers. He won't be able to do that with the Cowboys. So the Giants become a little more... I don't know what a little more uh, appetizing, and he coached and, there, and yeah, well, yeah, but yeah, he coached there and, and helped them. I think he helped them get to the playoffs, or was it the Super Bowl? No, that Super, they went, Super Bowl. Was he was on that Bowl? team uh, with Kerry Collins, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So it, you know, if he wants full control, then the Giants is a better spot. If he wants a better roster, then the Cowboys are a better spot. Why wouldn't you do something like Bill Belichick? Right, obviously have some kind of front office position and be the head coach at the same time. I mean, like having, it's hard. Well, here's I, another thing. It's hard, but who can swing, like, who can swing the deal with draft picks? The giants have at this moment, two of the top 
what six picks something like that? Yeah, like the Giants they got have good stuff. You, yeah, you feel so like the Giants, like they're a sleeping giant. No pun intended. But two of the top it, seven. It, picks, it six feels seven. like everything is set up if they just had competent leadership. But you need somebody to change the dynamic of that culture. Well, just remember though, Sean Payton has a job, and so does Joe Judge. Neither one are available at the moment. Well, I'll, I'll tell as you well what. as Mike McCarthy in Dallas. I just was saying based on. You know, looking at where Sean's been in New Orleans over the last several years, which is playoffs at home, playoffs at home, playoffs at home. Like, they can't seem to get to the next step. Now, all of a sudden, the Hall of Fame quarterback isn't there anymore. You're all worldwide receivers banged up. He hadn't played for you in two seasons. Now you got Alvin Kamara. Now you start to look at it. It's like almost things are starting to fall apart, it feels like, for the New Orleans Saints. Now they play the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday, and so – my mind just started thinking that but, at some point he wants to win again. But, Key, I completely respect the fact that Joe Judge and Mike McCarthy have jobs. I don't care as a fan. No, oh, yeah. I don't care. It's like, hey, I respect Baker Mayfield has a job, but I sit there and I think about what could Aaron Rodgers be in the Cleveland of Browns offense? I think about what could Sean Payton do with the New York Giants? Well, like, what, about, what about the idea that if Russell Wilson's available, a more rational or an easier kind of move than getting Russell Wilson and Sean Payton to the New York Giants, who really don't have much, other, I mean, they have stuff to trade and draft stuff, but they're not the most talented team. Wouldn't it be easier for Sean Payton to go to Russell Wilson and say, look, we got a defense here, and you come, and, and get Russell Wilson to play in the Dome half his games, and uh, I mean, you know, with Sean Payton as his coach? Yeah, it, it, yes. if, if I'm Russell Wilson, I'm looking at that too. If, if there's an option there, if it doesn't work out in Seattle after this season. Somebody, is, somebody or both are going to be going out of Seattle, whether it's Pete Carroll or Russell Wilson, they're not going to run that back in 2022. Seems like both to me. Seems like they're just going to clean. It just feels like Pete well, Carroll's Pete's run running course. the whole deal, though. <clears throat> it just, he ain't going to fire himself. But they might. Mm-hmm. They who? It's the ownership. Ownership. Yeah, but Pete Carroll's how old now? He's the oldest coach in the, in the yeah. NFL. Seven? No, I think he's 70. I think he's, he's 72. 70. That's he's why old, I asked. I know you said 72? He's the no, old, 70, 72? No. No, 70, uh, 70 also. Uh, I said I think he's 70 he's also. He's the oldest oh, yeah. active coach in yeah. the NFL That's right what I now. thought. It's like 67. Yes. I don't think he quite I, I got think, to 70, 70 yet. I think he's 70. I, I, let me, let me yeah, Google it. That, Hold on. So what are you trying to say? Old guys can't coach? No. I, yep. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. Sometimes the Pete game Carroll passes you by. Pete Carroll is 70 years old. 70 years old. It's time. 1951. It's time. Alan Hahn. It's time to bring in Alan Hahn, co-host of Barton Hahn on ESPN Radio. And you hear him here frequently Uh-oh. jumping in on this show, hosting this show. What, what do you think, Alan, of the suggestion that the Giants could go after a package deal with Russ and, and Sean Payton? Well, that's, I was wondering if, if Key, once he got Lincoln Riley to come to USC, is he now trying to orchestrate this move? Because you talk about a power play. The only way it works is if Sean Payton has control. I don't know if John Merritt you know, gives up that much control. John Mara is in the room on every decision. He's in the war room during the draft. He's, he just wants to be involved always. And not a lot of people want to deal with that. And so to me, if I'm Sean Payton, I'm not going there unless I have full autonomy. And I'm not sure he's going to get that Quite there. But I don't go there without a quarterback either. And if you can get that, if you can get both guys – then 100% you want to do it. But if, you, if you're John Mara, you got to stay the hell out of the way now and right. let, let him run it. Question about that. Okay. Who is more likely? To, because obviously John Mara is bad at it. 
right? Like, because the Giants have been awful for a long time now. So whatever he's doing, he's just wrong. The things yeah, we got he thinks 10 are years right of proof. are wrong. Okay, yeah. it's proof. Same thing with Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones better at it than John Mara. And he's also hampering the team in terms of Super Bowls, right? Yeah. Who is more likely, given their personalities, to say, you know what? I got to give up some control to get a great coach in here. Mara? Yeah, j- or, or Jones. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Mara. It has to be at this point, especially at this point of his life, this point of his career, and also with knowing that Steve Tisch is the guy writing the checks. He's the one that also should say, time for you to back off a little bit. I can't see Jerry doing it. Jerry hasn't been a bad GM. It's just they, they the, the Cowboys always just find something that goes wrong. It's the most maddening thing with that franchise. Because, yes, they actually find good players. They've made some good moves. They have really good team, but they have injuries, and they have all this other bad luck that happens to them. The Giants have just been inept. They, they create their own bad luck. That's the problem. But if, if you're paying, you can't go there without a quarterback. You can't go there yeah, with Daniel Jones. Mediocre coaches, yeah. too. I mean, that's... Well, that's a, yeah, you can rotate that as well. The New Orleans situation feel, feels like, to me, the Andy Reid situation at the end mm. in Philadelphia, where... It's kind of run its sudden, course. It's kind of run its course. Well, it's like Pete Carroll in, in Seattle. It's kind of run its course, right? That's what it just feels like. Yeah. Can we talk about another team where it seems like things sometimes just go wrong? Your New York Knicks... Uh, you is that your segue, Jay? Is that how we're going to do this? You know, Jay was getting ready to get uh, Like, that's your segue? Hoops? Like, you're ready to pounce, no, so that's not, where you go? Hoops. It's just, it's Man, you didn't even say hello to me this morning. No, no, no good morning, no, no nothing. Just Jay hello. coming right at There's it. There's no need for hello. You and I have been texting each other nonstop. I don't need to say hello to you. I've been talking to you since 6 a.m., damn it. So yes. I gotta, uh, it, And you uh, admit it, guilt right out of the gate. I just want the whole world to know that in, uh, in our private one, too, not in the group where everybody can see it, privately, you admitted to me that you are. Guilty and you, as charged. And you said you I was know the it. one that divulges private private conversations. Hey, just saying. Man, y'all all do in New York. That's what I feel. So, <laughs> do, do, yes. Yeah, let, let's uh, go. Let's go. Floor. Let's start. You have the, the let's floor, start, Mr. Hahn. Is there anything you would like to say about the free throw discrepancy or the Julius Randle situation down the stretch? Well, I mean, no, because I'm going to start with this. The Knicks' problem had less to do with the officiating, although that's what everybody's focused on, and more to do with the fact that they are a terrible third-quarter team. Their major issue was coming out of a half where they're flat. And once again, they gave a game away in the first three minutes of the quarter. That's it. They've been bad at that. Coach's quarter, third quarter. I, I completely agree. That's the issue. That's the problem. You come out of the half. You, you made a change at the starting lineup, and it's looked better at the start of the game, but the start of the half still looks bad. And they've got to figure that out. That's an energy issue. They're flat when they come out. So somebody is not getting either the guys hyped or your star, your alpha, he ain't getting the guys ready. All right, Alan That's Hahn. the bigger problem. 12 Alan straight Hahn, points. Mm-hmm. Co-host of Barton Hahn on ESPN Radio. Let's, let's get to the Knicks and what Julius Randle actually said last night about the refs and why he doesn't get to the call get the calls gotta ask them i don't know what they're watching or what they're seeing but you gotta ask them uh but like you said as aggressive as i played uh attacking the paint um you know i can't be penalized for just being stronger uh than people um and that's the answer that i got today yeah they said that you're too strong yeah they said because certain contact doesn't affect me like affects other players because i'm stronger they you know they miss the calls 1,000% 1,000% he is right, Alan Hahn. He doesn't get the calls down the stretch because he's not a superstar. Superstars get calls down the stretch. Kevin Durant, LeBron James, James Harden, those guys get calls regardless of whether they are the right calls or the bad calls, but they are the superstars of the league. Julius Randle is one hell of a player. I love him. I give him so much credit. An all-star last year, a guy obviously the Knicks are trying to build their foundation around, but he's not going to get those calls because he's not that guy. 
Question, Jay. Is Carmelo Anthony a superstar, or at least was he? He was a superstar, yes. Okay. He never got that call. Never. Ever got that. Like, what, like that, that James Johnson foul on Mitchell Robinson, which the other angle shows you he definitely fouled him. All right? But a lot of Knicks fans are mad about that call, but he fouled him. Carmelo Anthony would have not gotten that call. I'm telling so you this. So now you're saying it's conspiracy theory just No, no, no it's, not consp- it's not conspiracy. It's just certain players who play strong don't get that. LeBron James had this issue for a while yeah. until he kept talking about it, and that has changed. Because you, you know what happened? LeBron had to flop to start getting calls. Mm. That's what's happened to the game. So you're telling strong players that, you know what, because you're so strong, like Key, you were a big receiver. You were a big, strong receiver. I got every did you call. Have to, did you have to flop to get a call? Or is it – no, no. no it's clear you're bigger got, and stronger. I and they, got my calls. I ain't exactly. even going to lie to you. I no, but why in the NBA is that – why is that a thing in the NBA? Well, you're really strong, hey, so huh? it doesn't affect but you. But that's I not what the ref said. The, Hold on. I smile at the, the ref and get my – hey, man, that dude grabbed me. Okay, no problem, Keyshawn. There you go. But that's not – I actually <laughs> thought – I actually thought Julius Randle, what he said, the ref said, was honest. It's not just, hey, you're strong. It's that we don't see it because you're strong. In other words, when you get fouled, nothing yep. moves, mm-hmm. right? So it's harder you're to call flopping. in real time. You're, right. You're not flopping. So maybe now so Julius flop. has to start flopping. So flop. But, but, here, but here's my thing. That kills the game. Alan, no one cares. No. No, no, no one but New York Knicks fans most care. Most people. That's you know, a lot of people. That, but I'm saying, that, that's I, the see, second most valued franchise or maybe the number one French valued franchise in the league. I still so agree. I was thing. watching TNT last night. I was up late getting ready for the, the Warriors-Suns game, and Shaq said it perfectly, man. Like, you got to play through that, Julius Randle. Like, you're not a championship caliber team. Like, you are going to have to go through those growing pains, and I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's right. No but doubt about that. This is, this is where the Knicks team are. Like, oh, I'm no, having I, questions, I, I, Alan, about will the Knicks actually make the playoffs? Uh, this year. I know. Well, I'll tell you it's what, a legit question. It is because if they don't fix the problem in the third quarter, it's a, it's a legit question for you. A legit question to ask. And you're not wrong about that. But I'll tell you what. Two superstars and a discrepancy in the free throws, and your team will only beat the Knicks by two. Hey, I mean, uh, like, with look, no stars. They don't hey. have MVP Whoa. caliber players on the Knicks kind of ever. Like, Patrick Ewing never won an MVP. Carmelo Anthony, three. not quite an MVP. Like, they, their second. biggest stars of my lifetime, and I'm almost 50, hey, 48, man. were not MVPs. Bernard so, King. So, but, right, You're I love Bernard King. Him. Not an MVP. But well, if you see, look what, at the he, Nets, what do you mean he wasn't an MVP? He was, he was voted as MVP yeah, in 1984. That's true. That's true. That was one MVP. You're right. right okay. but, and, and Patrick but, but, Ewing was like top three or four once or twice. top three or four for a yeah. couple of years. Yeah, Carmelo for a couple got years. a top, hey, got you, a top you, two. The point you is, New York, Pat, even when you, Bernard, you New Yorkers, can I get in here for a minute? Between you, you. <laughs> between you and, and this dude over here to my right, y'all keep on screaming and hollering about the Knicks. I get it. I get all that. But they paid Kimball Walker two years, $20 million. What you feel about that rotation and him not being in it now? Well, it, it was inevitable. It, it really was a weird fit. They wanted to give it a look. It really is $8 million. It's just the first year. They, they bought him out in Oklahoma City, and they just picked him up on a, on a pretty easy contract. They wanted to give – here's the problem. They didn't have a point guard again going into the season, so they thought, let's see if this fits. It didn't. His defense was not good. The numbers tell you. So now that, just move on from him, right? Yeah, I mean, that's what they do in the NBA. Yeah, just move, move on from him and yeah. – that's what they do. Allow him to go find another spot. But his knee isn't great right now. Nah, so physically you could just see it. He's a guy that's going to have to learn how to become an off-the-bench offensive guy that you know can just still give you some some points here and there, but not really a, a full-time player. Does Tibbs, I, get, I, any, the tip, uh, huh, does Tibbs get any credit for figuring it out and making a change and being that aggressive with it? 
I, I, I say yes, and I also give the front office credit for letting the coach make that kind of a move because it does make the front office look bad. But 20 games is like going four games into an NFL season. You kind of know what you got, and they got to make a move before it's too late, and they made that move. Like they're, They look different. They're a better team of the last two games. I mean, they took the Nets right, again, right to the wire, and they beat the Hawks in Atlanta, who was a streaking team. So it's not like you know things have looked bad. They look like a much better team, but there's so much more to clean up. And Jay's right. If they don't clean it up, they're barely going to be a playoff team. But that, What you just good. said, Alan, to me is an important point. The front office allowing the coach to make a decision like that actually shows signs. Doesn't that reflect the right thing around the league, like a healthy franchise? On the one hand, you say, well, they made the mistake. It wasn't a huge commitment. And more than that, those are the kind of things that, the, that winning franchises do, in fact. You acknowledge the problem. What did Jerry West always say? The worst thing you can do is perpetuate a problem. You make a mistake, don't perpetuate it by, you, I want to save face, let's try to force it and make it work. No, it's a mistake. It didn't work. Move on as fast as you can and get us on the right track. That's why you, know, you get into a season, let the coach then tell you, I, I need to make this move. And as a front office, you can't say, well, it's going to make me look bad. can't be about your ego. It's got to be about what's best for the team. They did that you're right that that's a sign of a functioning franchise which i know sounds very basic but as we know the knicks weren't always operating that way yo you 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 know a little basketball right huh you mentioned jerry west jay y'all know a little basketball you played a position called point guard and all those sort of things so speaking of the point guards who has the bigger impact or who had Uh had has the bigger impact because one is now one was before between magic johnson Uh and steph curry han and jay y'all yeah, y'all could bicker back and forth about that. And I'll listen. Go ahead, Hind. You got the mic. Oh, bigger impact. See, I'll tell you what. In this generation, Steph Curry's had a bigger impact on the actual game of basketball than LeBron James has had mm-hmm. because of how he's changed the way we play, the way we watch it, the what we consider a good shot and not a good shot. What kids are doing, if you walk into a CYO gym, what they're doing, they're not like they used to try to hang in the air like MJ. They don't do that stuff. They, they, they try to shoot long threes now. They all want to be Steph Curry. So they, he has had a huge impact on the game of basketball, greater than even LeBron James. But when it comes to you know, the best, if you're going to say point guard, Magic Johnson is still, to me, the guy that is just, they call him Magic for a reason. I mean, I know what Steph does is, is otherworldly and fun and all that stuff. That's what matters most. But man, Magic, in, it's like, think about it. Steph's got to get to the ring level that Magic got to. But I think just magic overall made everybody better. Hold everybody on, better. On, now, I, I hear exactly what you're saying. Steph makes everybody better, too, by the way. Um, but we're not talking about as it relates to championships for impact. Like, hey, who was a better point guard? If you want to say utilize that argument for the sake of championships, I'm fine with. As it relates to impact, I didn't see kids growing up being like, hey, I want to be like Magic Johnson. Now, I know there were kids out there like that. But uh, I see every kid growing up. You're a little bit younger. You're a little young for that, Jay. I in mean, fact, Magic had Magic. They did one of the no look pass and all that oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think I agree I with you too. But Jay, I want you to finish but that not, point. It wasn't because the same as like Michael Jordan. Persuasive. Right? Like I would ask you guys. Like no, if it's you're not talking the same about as Jordan, percentage no. wise, do you think there are more percentage of kids today? And you could probably say, well, due to social media and all these other reasons that yep. want to be like Steph, or do you think there, there was a higher percentage of people that want to be like Magic? Because I'll tell you the reason why I would pick Steph. Steph, Steph is also like six two, man. 
Like, you know, King well, jokes around saying, like, Jay, you're, you're short. But in reality, I'm pretty – I'm kind of decent around normal-sized people. You see mm-hmm. Steph, kids are like, yo, that's relatable. This yes. dude is – I could be Steph Curry. Yeah. He's well, that's what's funny. Court. Steph's almost 6'4", and they're like, look at the little guy. And it's like, he's not little. Like, he's just around yeah, really but, big. But, but he's slim. As, he's, but as, you know, far as, as far as point guards go, though, you, you, y'all keep moving the goalposts on Steph. One minute we say not a point guard because of the style in which he shoots and all those yeah. sort of things. And then now we move it back to where it belongs. And it's, oh, well, he's a point guard. He is a point guard. It's like, yes, he's a point guard, but is he really a point guard? Yes. Because Magic, night in and night out, was giving you 15 to 20 assists. Magic yeah. was a shooting guard night his in first year out. in the league. Point by the, by the way, Magic was a shooting guard's first year in the league. He jumped at center in the finals. Magic could do a lot of things other than play point guard. Let me say this but real he, quick. But it, when he jumped at center in 1982, that was, he wasn't really playing the five. He no, just that's was true. taller than everybody. That's, that's true. That's true. Exactly. Yeah, he was a player. He, he did give him 42 and he did give him 42, 15 and 8 in a win, by the way. But he did give you a sky hook. Yeah. By the way, I think that you and Alan and Jay, you're saying the same thing. Steph, in fact, for impact, probably ahead of Magic. The issue I think people have when they hear that man, is crazy, man. Steph crazy. was never the best player crazy. on the floor when he won a championship. There's always someone on his team or the other team better than him but, when but, he won a championship. Everybody, stop, Magic Johnson has been the Come best on. player on the floor and won a championship. NBA, NBA, NBA. Yeah, exactly. No, but he has been, though. NBA yeah. executives went out. And they're doing it with Steph to a degree, but they went out and was looking for the next 6'9 point guard. Yep. They tried to find yeah. Penny Hardaway and make him the mm-hmm. next Magic Johnson. Grand they Hill. wanted yeah. the big point guard. Well, uh, and, I said, and, I, and I said to a degree, Steph, but the problem with Steph is nobody can shoot like that, so you ain't going to find one of those dudes. <laughs> yeah, let's, but, let's, let's talk about what executives <laughs> are game, looking he for, He changed Alan. the way the game's played, Let's talk played, about executives. Steph. You're telling me Travis Slink, the executive for the Atlanta Hawks, who had could have had Luka Doncic was like no we want the next Stephen Curry we're gonna go out we're gonna trade up to get Trey Young watch and Damian it Lillard happens, play it's happening here too watch no, no, Damian it, Lillard play Lillard, you know? Lillard like there is no Lillard there's nobody there's no logo threes there's none of these guys taking these shots he has uh, like I said when you want to know where the game's going go into the CYO gyms go into the rec gyms look at the kids that are ten you know watch them. What they do, who they're emulating, that's where the game's going. And he has had that impact. He has changed the game and over the last decade. He has had a greater impact on the actual game of basketball, the way it's played, the way the league looks today, more than any other player in this generation. He's right. That's, to me, the greatest compliment you can give a player. Because there's not right. many guys you can say that about. Thank you, Alan Hahn. Check out Barton Hahn, noon Eastern on ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. Keyshawn J. Willemax, presented by Progressive Insurance. If your pet passenger is injured in a car accident, get help paying for vet expenses. Pet protection comes free with auto collision coverage. Get a quote at Progressive.com. A scenario for the college football playoff that nobody's talking about. That's next. Keyshawn J. Willemax on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, 
Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Latest college football rankings released. No surprise, Georgia again at number one. Michigan moving up to number two. Alabama and Cincinnati are three and four. Oklahoma State moves up to number five. Notre Dame remains number six. Hey. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 8. Your smart speakers download the podcast. Heather Dinich joins us now. What's going on, Heather? Oh, you know, just a little playoff expansion, coaching drama. I don't know. What what else do you want to throw at me today? Good to have ESPN's college football senior writer with us. Heather, um, let's listen to Gary Barta on Freddie and Fitzsimmons talking about how they would consider Notre Dame moving forward without Brian Kelly. Now, the way the protocol works in the college football playoff is after the championship games are all done, for our final rankings, if the committee sees or deems that uh, there, there is a player or a coach who won't be playing or participating, and the committee deems that uh, it's likely to affect the uh, outcome, then the committee can use that as another criteria. Heather, so um, what do you do? Here's a scenario for you. Cincinnati loses. Luke Fickles named Notre Dame's new coach. How do they evaluate Notre Dame then? Oh, my gosh. So Cincinnati loses. Notre Dame needs that, so that's a plus. They need a head coach. They get a great one. I still think they need help. Um, And I say that because what happens to Oklahoma State? What happens to Alabama? it is a very good possibility that that changes the picture for Notre Dame, if we're being honest. But here's the thing. If Alabama beats Georgia and you have two SEC teams in there and Oklahoma beats Baylor and Michigan wins, you're looking at Alabama, Georgia, Michigan, and Oklahoma State. I think as Oklahoma State sits there ahead of Notre Dame, Regardless of the head coaching situation, Notre Dame needs help because when Wisconsin dropped out of the ranking last week, last night, I should say, four losses, the loss to Minnesota, Notre Dame has no wins against top 25 teams. Guys, that head coaching discussion comes into play when teams are deemed comparable. It's one of several tiebreakers that they use. And I thought this was interesting. I looked back at my protocol for the committee from 2018 and 2019, and the word coaches was not in there. And so I'm trying to find out this morning, I'm here at college football playoff expansion meetings from the people who actually put together the protocol when the word coaches was added. It it could have been last year because of COVID, which makes sense, but I'm trying to figure that out. Um, But it is one of several along with conference championships and that hurts Notre Dame because they don't obviously don't have one of those either. So that's my long answer to that. So what happens if 
Michigan loses to Iowa. Baylor pops uh, Oklahoma, State. Oklahoma State with David Aranda's great defense. And all of a sudden, Cincinnati, looking ahead, slips up and loses to Houston. Now Notre Dame gets a free pass to get in, but do they get punished because they don't have Brian Kelly as a coach, but all of a sudden, Luke Fickle signs on. Do they get a bump? I I don't think that they get punished. I think the coaching situation is absolutely discussed in that room, but I think that the committee internally is going to have very real discussions if that's the scenario about, wait a minute, what about these kids? What about these kids who work so hard to have this good season? You remember, you know, they're not all administrators sitting around the table. There's former head coaches, Hall of Fame coaches, former players who understand what it takes to get there. So that would be a very real conversation. And Notre Dame would absolutely have a chance to get in based on its 11-1 and record with all of that chaos regardless of who is the head coach at that time. But obviously hiring somebody like Fickle would only, would only help them. But I don't, I, I'm, what I'm saying is with all those upsets, I think they could still get in even if Marcus Freeman was handed the reins on a temporary basis. What, what happens if Cincinnati wins and Luke Fickle decides to take the, Cincinnati, uh, the Notre Dame job in the midst of it? Oh, then I think college sports has to really take a serious look at, at where it's at and what's happening. And, you know, I mean, Brian Kelly leaving before the potential playoff is, you know, it's devastating to the team, to the players, how that unfolds. And it would be the same situation. I have a hard time believing that, that Fickle would do that. I mean, I, I kind of think that's why there's been – cricket so far to this point about that i think you know they would probably let that situation play out in an ideal world but so you're saying what happens if he leaves and cincinnati's undefeated yeah Mm. and i i think it's the exact same scenario that we're talking about with with notre dame they consider them what they would be like without their head coach would they be good enough but again that's one of several tiebreakers Mm -hmm. if cincinnati's undefeated they have an american athletic conference championship Regardless of the head coaching situation, you can't answer that question without knowing about what happens elsewhere. And if Alabama is out of the conversation, the Bearcats have a a terrific chance to stay in the top four with or without Fickle, I think, um, in addition to an Oklahoma State. Wow. Heather Denich, ESPN College football senior writer, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Heather, we want you to hear a scenario from Reese Davis last night on SportsCenter with SVP. And then tell us what you think would happen. Take a listen. If Georgia knocks Alabama out and then Michigan loses to Iowa and Cincinnati loses to Houston and maybe Oklahoma State even loses to Baylor. Um, right, because then, then there's three. Then there's three yeah, spots. Then there are three spots there. Okay, who are they? Become, <laughs> <laughs> if, that, if that happens, uh, I think that it will probably be – I think Baylor would get in. Mm-hmm. I think Notre Dame would get in. What do you think? What do you think? What do we think about? You think Baylor would get in? Do you think a two loss? You know, even if Alabama were to lose again to Georgia, a two loss Alabama team will get in. Like, give me some of your scenarios. I agree that I agree with Reese that I think Baylor would get in in that particular case because they would have three wins against CFP top fifteen teams. That's pretty impressive for a two loss team, and they're playing very well. Um, and then I do think that that's this kind of scenario 
that opens the door for a two-loss Alabama that loses a close game instant classic thriller to Georgia. If, if Georgia just absolutely manhandles them and we see the kind of game unfold that we did between um, Michigan and Ohio State, then no, you know, I, I think it would be extremely difficult for the committee to justify them. So at that point, remember, guys, conference championships matter. They do matter. They matter more to different people in that room. None of those things are weighted. But for Baylor to have a conference championship um, for Iowa, I, I think Iowa would be an absolute threat. But what about Ohio State? I wouldn't be surprised if two lost Buckeyes in that particular ultimate chaos scenario got some more conversation. Is there a sense, Heather, do you think, in the committee that you want to keep it a double elimination tournament that once it, once you you can lose two and still get in the floodgates are open and and it kind of in my view it does but that it diminishes the regular season there's not as much urgency and importance with every game is there any is that considered at all by the committee No it's not considered by the committee right now but I can tell you it's one thing that is considered as they talk about playoff expansion right now because one of the things that they like about the 12 team model is that it incentivizes more of those big time non-conference games because you can lose and you're still in it because it would be awarded to conference champions right which which places an emphasis on that and um, that's one of the things that they're that's at the heart of the debate right now is do they get automatic qualifiers for the, the power five conferences or not. Um, because if you do, and you're looking at Wake Forest and Pitt right now in the ACC, that's the concern over that, having such a low-ranked ACC or Pac-12 champion, if it's Utah, for example. Um, but no, it's not considered at this point, but it's certainly a topic as they move forward and talk about a new system. That's Heather Dinich, ladies and gentlemen, on the Goodyear Hotline. Thank you, Heather, as always. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Thanks guys. Heather. Rankings reaction is brought to you by Wendy's. It's better breakfast o'clock at Wendy's. So get a bacon or sausage, egg and cheese biscuit for $1. Why the NFL draft is controlled by three teams separated by less than 100 miles right there on the same highway. That's after Key has this. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. 
Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, your podcasts, your, your smart speakers. Tune in to the ESPN Daily Podcast, bringing you a deep dive into a single story from one of ESPN's hundreds of reporters presented by Supercuts. Download, subscribe, and review ESPN Daily, available wherever you enjoy your podcasts. All right, here is the top 10 in the NFL draft Number, at this moment. Right, for what happened right now. Number one is the Detroit Lions. Doesn't look like they're going, and they're going to stay right there at number one. Number two, the Texans. Number three, the Jags. Now check out four through nine. Jets in that the the Jamal Adams trade with Seattle. Jets again, their own pick. Giants. Giants in the Justin Fields deal on the draft day, so they got it from Chicago. Eagles. And then the Eagles from Miami. Jets, Jets, Giants, Giants, Eagles, Eagles. The crazy thing is four through nine could always move up. And one through three could always drop. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> if the Lions, uh, they probably uh, won't. Yeah, they probably, won't. Going they probably locked in at one. But the Texans is still a game or two, and so mm-hmm. can the Jags. Mm-hmm. And the Jets could continue to spiral out of control. The Giants could continue to spiral out of control. It's the Eagles, and they just move up. The other teams move down. I'll tell you what, if I was the Jets, yeah, I might Jet, even consider... Jets won last week, I know, the great Zach so, Wilson led the charge. I might consider trading one of those picks down in that draft to pick up another first-rounder. Like, if I'm the Jets and I like Zach Wilson, and I like Becton, and, and Vera Tucker's been playing well, I, I, might, I might have one super high-end first-round pick and two other firsts. But you might, you might trade both of them and get out. And get a bunch of dudes in the second round. Yeah, round. yeah, they get a lot yeah. of stuff the Jets can do if Giants they like the quarterback. Too. Can I ask you guys a yeah, question? Yeah, but not with so Gettleman. This is where my mind went yesterday. Because I feel like as a fan, like you get a little bit excited. Like, oh, okay, like if you're a team, if you're a fan of a team in the tri-state area, the Giants, the Jets, the Eagles, like you're like, all right, like whatever the season is, fine. Like we get a top pick. And then there's another part of me, I'm like, but who's making the pick? And like that makes me anxious and makes me worried. So how would you guys rank the picks as far as teams? Who do you trust to make the right pick more? See, because I look at it out of all the teams, I'm thinking the Eagles. I'm like, all right, Eagles won a Super Bowl. Eagles missed in 2020, Jalen Rieger, but then they followed up the next year with Jalen Hurts. He's their starting quarterback. I like the way he works, as opposed to I don't know if I trust the Giants. I don't know if I trust the Jets making the top early. The Eagles have missed on some guys. Bad. You look at a receiver instead of Justin Jefferson that they wound up with, and you mentioned That's Jalen Rieger. That's yeah, it, yeah, Rieger, exactly. right. You mentioned it. But, but however, this GM Howie Roseman has won a Super Bowl. Yeah, I, 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 I go with Joe Douglas and and Gettleman to trust them over Roseman. Pick. Over, over how yeah, because they, the Giants haven't picked bad. Yeah, they have, man. When? Because they, they've when? had so many very high picks, Key, that the they're going to have some talent. And the Jets haven't really picked bad. They've, done, they've, done, they've gotten what they needed in terms of the players. Like, hey, Evan, can we get Darius someone Tony just Darius Toney is not a bad pick. I wouldn't, trick da- I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust rounder. Dave Gettleman like, no, picking my son's round. Pop Warner yeah. team. Because Darius Toney is not first. A, a bad pick. Um. Yeah, but key if you're drafting in the first Saquon round, you should Barkley hit sometimes. It's not a bad pick. It, at number two, Whoa. it's a very bad pick. It depends on who you're asking. Some people once to, in a lifetime, once in a lifetime backs. If he stays healthy, yeah. he he would be a once in a lifetime back. But backs, you pick the, the reason the, you the, don't. Nick Chubb went in the second round that year. Andrew, uh, 
Andrew Thomas. It's not a bad pick. Well, it, but key when you you're the one who points out things like I could have gotten Derek Carr for so much cheaper than they got. So value matters. The Giants, but if you don't in a have draft, a Derek Carr in that draft that year, you can't get. Oh, Derek but what Carr. I'm saying is Nick Chubb went in the second round. Same year Barkley went second overall. You can get a great running back without spending the second pick in the draft. If you look at the depth of the Giants team, the reason they're not deep is actually Gettleman doesn't no. hit on a lot of picks. But you he doesn't know, miss Max, badly in the first know, round the Giants, usually. The Giants no could have had Josh, Josh Allen and Nick Chubb. You had no idea Think that either that. one of those players was going to turn into what they've turned oh, into. Oh, Nick Chubb, you know would be good, Keith. No, you didn't know he would be that. But I knew he was going to be good at least. And, you, and Barkley was Barkley's good. good. But, but the difference at, at is second pick, pick versus second round. Yeah, but but Barkley, all projections pointed to Barkley being a once-in-a-lifetime generational back. That's not the intel that you get on Nick Chubb. That wasn't the intel. Now, as far as quarterbacks go, Josh Allen would have been the cube. Josh Allen didn't come out the same year as, uh, as um, Daniel Jones. No. No, he didn't come out the same because you said you could, have, you could have both of them. And I'm like, Josh Allen didn't come out with Daniel no, Jones. No, he's talking about Saquon. Mm-hmm. No, no, he said you could have Saquon and Josh Allen. No, just no saying, he's saying just Nick saying, Chubb and Josh Allen yes. instead of Saquon and Daniel Jones at, yeah, that, at but, those positions. But when you picked Daniel Jones, was it the same year as Josh Allen? But they were consecutive years. J- J- but you're look, looking look, at the quarterback right, They spot. could have taken Allen second overall when they took, when they took Barkley, Barkley, Barkley. And then they could have taken Nick Chubb uh, second round. top of the second round. Right. Yeah, yeah took, got, got it. But They don't get draft value. But Josh Allen wasn't on their board projected the same way Daniel Jones yeah, was. Yeah, and by the way, Josh Allen's a best-case scenario in terms of the way he's progressed and all that. I'm, I'm not, I don't think we can just pick and choose guys. Oh, you could have had this guy. Every team can do that and have a better draft. But the Giants, when you look at the draft capital versus the guys still on the team and producing at a high level, they do not get value at the selection. Overall, the Giants are an under-average performing draft team. See, that's see, I, Gettleman. I think, I think that's more coaching than it is. I think it's more coaching well, than it is the Well, development, too. There's the, drafting the and development. coaching and the development of those players because those players are in the position that they're in doing the draft because they're worthy of that position because they dominated college football at such a level. So that still reflects upon Dave Gettleman. It's no, no, no. It reflects on the coaching. He's giving them the players. Well, he's giving them the players, but he's also inserting it. the coaches to help the players continue with their trajectory. Jay, do it, you it think it goes both ways? I do agree, though, that like the Giants have spent so much capital, draft capital, and actual capital on their offensive line, for example, and the offensive line has so underperformed. Like they're okay now, but like not compared to the resources they put into it. And part of it must be the development. Is it has to be. I thought, be. I thought Hernandez to was going to be great. Me too. He's guard. awful. Yeah, I thought I watched him at UTEP. Yeah, I watched him at UTEP. He was good. I thought he I was, thought he was a steal in the second round. At what, at what point do you start saying, okay, but everybody well, thought he was the coaches, a steal. But hey, the guy who's picking the coaches goes a long way. Week 13 starts with one coach looking very closely at the other sideline. We'll explain next KJM on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.